0: As an international organization, we welcome members from Ukraine and Russia, as well as many other neighboring countries that are affected by the current situation. Although our podcast episodes are continuing as planned, we want our listeners to know that the events of the last two weeks are not going unnoticed, even though we are not discussing them in this forum. The IWA is here for any of our members who need our support. Please feel free to reach out to us through our website at iwagratz.org. We continue to keep the people of Ukraine and Russia in our thoughts at this time.
1: We all need community, we need people, and that's one of the biggest things is learning German, finding a job, and how do I meet people in Graz?
0: Hi ladies. We are Andrea and Carol, coming at you from the International Women's Association in Graz, Austria. We are women supporting women in all stages and seasons of life and from different parts of the world. Our members come from different backgrounds and life experiences and we are excited to share them here with you. For more information, we invite you to check us out on our website at iwagrac.org. And jetzt, los geht's. Hello and welcome back, listeners. We are so glad to have you here at the IWA podcast, and it's springtime. Actually, the weather today is supposed to be gorgeous. So I am so looking forward to getting out later on this afternoon. And we are already in the month of March. Can you believe it? And I am so excited to introduce our special guest today. You probably know her, and you may have seen her around at some of our IWA events. Rachel Fox is joining us today. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so great to have you. So many of our members, I think, are very familiar with you. And there are several, I'm sure, that are not who would probably, after this episode, desperately want to meet you. So... (laughs) Um, I'm so excited that you're joining us and I can't wait to dive into so much information that I think is going to be really great for our listeners, for them to get to know you a little bit better. And then of course, all the ways that you've been helping our members throughout the years with getting acclimated to our beautiful city of Graz. So, um, if you didn't know listeners, Rachel actually has a fabulous blog out there that we're going to talk about today. And we are actually breaking our episode into two parts. So this is our first introduction to Rachel and what she's done and her background and a little bit more about her blog and what she does and then our second part which I'm really looking forward to as well is going to be all about some really great practical tips that Rachel has found through the course of her experience living in Graz um, that have helped her get adjusted along the way. So I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to ask you, Rachel, just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. I always like to use the phrase, the 30 second elevator pitch, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but tell us um, a little about yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm from Cornwall. Uh, that's the Southwest of England. So surrounded by the sea. Um, but I've actually lived most of my adult life outside of the UK. So um, I'm feel like loosely connected <laughs> to my home country. Wow. Um, after university, I moved to Australia for a year. I had a working visa and I did a lot of Calgar work, riding horses and other fun things.
0: Oh, wow. And cool. then
1: after that, I moved to New York because I watched a lot of Sex in the City. <laughs> and I lived there for three years and loved it. I had a job for an internet um, company doing college recruiting. So I was paid to fly around the US and visit colleges and recruit students. So that was yeah. That is a fabulous job when you're in your young 20s it was brilliant and then I moved to Chicago for eight years um and I was working at the Art Institute of Chicago doing recruiting for them which is the second largest art museum in the U.S. which was really fun as well and I met my husband there and he is an Austrian from Graz and after the birth of my first child we wanted to be closer to family because the long distance flights and jet lag is not easy with a baby so we moved to Germany for four years um, where I had my second child and we can talk about this later but that was a cultural shock moving (laughs) to America and Australia super easy uh yeah but moving to Germany was so much harder with a baby oh. and being pregnant with a second and not knowing oh anything. wow yeah oh, I definitely hard. want to dive into that yeah yeah and then we came to Graz about six years ago I think I'm losing track now
0: it could be seven. time time starts to mesh together
1: it does and because of my husband's work um we've also lived short stints in places like Japan and Vancouver and Los Angeles so
0: yeah we've moved awesome. around quite a bit Awesome. You've been all over. I did not realize, I can't believe this hasn't come up in any of our previous conversations, how much recruiting work you've done in your past. Yeah. We have have that in common. So, wow, that's so, that's so cool. Very, very cool. I did it on the HR side, but, you know, recruiting is recruiting when you're, when you're looking at it, whether it's students or, um donors yeah, i was or... in hr
1: as well yeah. human resources yeah i loved i liked working with people and yeah. i just felt it was a great career because you and recruiting you're meet, you're on the happy side of hr yes. you're just meeting people and interviewing people and getting to know people and it's you can work across any industry so that was yeah. really
0: nice too yeah awesome 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 i'm also curious in new york did you live in manhattan i started off in manhattan living in a tiny shared
1: apartment. And then I lived in Brooklyn for the last two years in Park Slope, which is more space, greener, more like a village. Yeah. And that was really nice.
0: Great spots. Wow. Amazing. So you've lived all over, very similar to our last guest, who was on the podcast as well, lived all over. And, I, you know, I... Um, I am fascinated by members of ours who have lived in so many different parts of the world and experienced, like you said, culture shock in so many different aspects. What were some of the things that you experienced from moving from place to place and getting adjusted? Did you find it difficult?
1: As I said, moving to Australia and America was really easy. I found jobs really easy, even though I didn't have much experience in my early 20s. Making friends was really easy. Figuring out how the city worked, it was just really easy. And um, I arrived with just a backpack, and that was it, and made a life for myself. Um, Going to Germany was so much harder. And when we had a container of furniture and things, it was a very different move. A child. and not speaking the language and I didn't know anybody and I felt really isolated and alone and not knowing how anything worked. Um, I left my job at the Art Institute and it wasn't easy to work. And I think you lose your identity a bit and question who you are and um, and then going to Japan was. The biggest culture shock. Because oh wow, yeah. You can't even read, you can't even translate things. And the culture is so completely different. You're such a fish out of water. And you're constantly making social faux pas. You know, you know that you're doing something that the the Japanese are going, oh my God. but it's uh, it, it, right. They're really understanding though. And it was we really enjoyed um uh we were there for about three months and we really enjoyed it. But by the end, I was like, Oh, I'm looking forward to getting back to Western.
0: Western, Western culture yeah what do you think it was about Australia and the U.S. that made it so easy versus then shifting to Germany was it solely the language that made it easier did you know people in Australia and the U.S. or no
1: no no um I th- yeah the language definitely is the major um I felt the job market was much easier to access um It was much easier to get a job. Um, It didn't matter so much about your qualifications. You didn't have to fit into these. Germany and Austria have a very rigid system and America really is the land of opportunity. It's very easy to, and people are very friendly. And I think people in America move around a lot. Mm. So they're very opening and welcoming. And you make friends at work. Um, You can make friends in your neighborhood. I also joined a lot of community organizations um, like community gardens and did a lot of volunteer work helping walk pets and pet shelters. So it was just, it was just easy. Yeah, and the way the system works, navigating the public transportation, um, it was just very easy I found.
0: Mm, Yeah. And with respect to where you lived when you moved to Japan, what brought you there? What took you to Japan when you were there for a few months? My husband's work, actually. He's a professor. uh, He's an economics professor, specializes
1: in game theory. And so through his work, we've also been to Chile twice. He teaches down there sometimes. We just took the whole family for a month. Um, So we get to do lots of travel through his job. Wow, Um, really fun, but now our kids are in school, it's limited our uh, travel opportunities, but every four years he gets a sabbatical, so we get to spend six months living in a different country, which is really fun. And this year we were supposed to be going to Australia for five months, but because of COVID, uh, we didn't plan it because we didn't know if the borders would open in time, so we
0: pushed that back till next year. Okay,
1: i can tell you more
0: about later about homeschooling (laughs) yes that that would definitely i'm sure there's plenty of our listeners out there who have dealt with it this last two these Mm -hmm. last two years and probably are looking for yeah what your experience was and i'm sure everyone can relate to the ah,
1: moment and how people have done it um so when we lived in los angeles i homeschooled my um Uh, seven-year-old he was in the second year of punctually so I did that for four months and it actually worked out really well it was in German too but now we're getting into gymnasium I don't think I can homeschool a child in Australia (laughs) with things like
0: geometry and so that that's a different um yeah that's a different beast I would imagine it tests your skills having to revert back to okay what did I learn in that math class when... <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah traveling with children is, is is very different than we when we're single and you're just moving country by yourself it's sure. a very different and just with a backpack like you said yeah. container made a difference all of a sudden too bringing furniture and everything that makes a big mm-hmm. difference um so how long now have you been in Graz consistently how long have you stayed in Austria now uh six or seven years now. Six or seven years.
1: Okay. We feel pretty integrated. And I think this is our last move now. Like we bought out an apartment. We feel really settled here. Um so this is our base and we'll continue to travel, but this will be our home. Nice. And that's a nice feeling when you reach somewhere and you think, okay,
0: I'm settling now. Yeah. And that's a really nice, um, yeah. It's a nice point. Yeah, I think there are very it it takes a unique and special person to be able to always move and not have a home base not have a um a space where they feel like they're coming back to it you know by terms but yeah to to always move for me i think would be a little challenging i i love to be able to travel and to get around and i wouldn't mind going to different places and spending a year or two stints kind of in in those locations but i'm sure that those Um, You know, in in the States, we always had army brats, military brats, you know, those who were family members of service members in the military and moved every two or three years their whole lives. Um, I imagine that they're looking forward to perhaps a, a base, but maybe not. So you never know. You never know. So, okay, so tell us about you. You said you were working in recruiting for colleges for a period of time, then you worked for a a fabulous art institute. And did you work when you came to Germany or you were raising your two kids at that point? You had your second child in Germany, you said, right? At that point, yes, I was just a Hausfrau. I was on
1: um, Krenz um, maternity leave. So the first few years, I was really just at home. But um, I did actually get involved in. I'm not good at just sitting at home doing nothing. So I did actually get involved. I started my first blog in um, Germany and I also joined an art collective called the Trading Spouses Art Collective, um, Mm -hmm. led by a friend of mine who was doing her PhD with art and relocation. And so we would meet regularly and do art projects that had something to do with um, relocation, like what's our idea of home, um, our identities, as a trailing spouse and i really don't like the word trailing spouse so that's when you follow your partner for his work or her work or studying sure. and it sounds like you've just been dragged along which for me i call myself a traveling spouse okay. okay i like that i like that a lot better but we were all a group of women that arrived uh, in germany because of our spouses and it was an amazing group and um i started my blog through that and i also worked with the welcome center a bit at the university in bielefeld um helping with projects um helping other spouses
0: and did you did you speak the did you speak german at that point no. or no no okay. absolutely
1: pretty much nothing having okay. small children and learning a language was really hard uh, germany sponsored um german language up to b2 i think um uh, it was heavily subsidized, actually. So I did do up to, I got my B1 certificate there. So I did, yeah, I did learn some German. Um, it was a
0: much better uh, support than it is here in Austria for German learning. Okay, that's fair. This idea, though, that you talked about with the, the art and discussing how, as traveling spouses, not trailing, mm-hmm. but traveling spouses, um, this uh, way that you identify yourself and what is your picture or image of home, this sounds amazing. Mm, And how you're relying on your husband or your partner for everything. Ah.
1: Um, Whereas before you were probably very independent. A lot of us gave up our jobs, careers. You're separated from your family, um, especially when you have young children. It's really hard when you just have no support system around you at all. And um, yeah, a lot of us lost our way a little bit and we just supported each other. We're all in the similar
0: situations and it was really interesting. That sounds amazing. Does the group still exist? Do you know? No, that.
1: we all moved on to different things eventually.
0: <laughs> so was there an IWA or something similar to that? Well, this would be similar, I guess. This would be what you're talking about is probably the closest to what um, our I- IWA is here in Graz.
1: A little bit. We were a small group, 10 of us. Um, there was no international groups at all, really. Uh, Biederfeld is about the same size as Graz, but it wasn't an international at all. Um, So it was very hard to find other international speakers, even using the Internet. There were very few groups. So essentially, we formed our own. And over time, um, we met other people through my blog, actually, that created a community. I had like an open um, play group and other um, international people would find me through my blog and then we'd all get together. And that brought people together. Because the first thing you do when you move to a new country is you Google, you Google everything Yes, before (laughs) you move, even you're like, how, what's it like to live there? How do I find a doctor? How do I find a school An English speaking hairdresser, Um, all these things. And uh, that brought a lot of people to my blog because it was the only English speaking resource really available for that town. And it ended up being used by the military base there. There's a big military base, English military base in Biederfeld, and also the welcome center at the university did as well
0: what did we do before Google? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what got you? Had you always been a writer? No, no, not at all.
1: No. (laughs) I I still don't think of myself as a writer.
0: (laughs) Really? No. So what gave you this motivation or this inspiration to start writing a blog? And how did you get started? I think I felt really,
1: um, yeah, I just felt so isolated and lost in the beginning. And I know firsthand what it's like. Um, And I really felt I wanted to support other women in the same situation. And um, also, I love information. I love exploring. I love discovering new places. And I'm always reading and picking up flyers and learning new things. And so I'm always just telling people stuff. And I thought, well, if I put it onto a blog, then I can just say, here's my blog post about the best restaurants. And it was just a lot an easier way to yeah, just give out information. Yeah, to get info out there.
0: Oh, that's so great. And so what was your first blog? Because it's not I love Graz. it's it was something else.
1: No, I think it was I Love Um My Bedefeld or something like that. Okay. It's still out there and it still gets visitors. Does it really? <laughs> it
0: does. I oh, haven't updated it so in years. Yeah. That's great. Do you get contacts from anybody who reach, reach out to you saying, hey, I read your blog and I'm living yeah, here? Yeah, people
1: still do. And
0: they say, is the play group still meeting up or yeah. But unfortunately. Wonderful. So then, OK, so fast forward through time. You've mm-hmm. spent time in Germany and then Japan and now you're here. You've landed in Graz. You've been here for about six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And did you continue your blog in Japan as well or no? Was this just kind of a Germany and then when you finally landed in Austria? um i'm trying to think when were we in
1: japan okay. yes uh, i think i probably had a pause so that was just while we were in um Beedafield. so i think i paused it while i was in japan that was about we were gone for about six months and then i started it again when i returned
0: okay and so here you are now and your mm-hmm. blog now certainly gets a lot of traction <laughs> i know that there are many 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 people out there who have come across your blog it's probably um recommended Often in all of the things that IWA puts out there is ways of finding good information and connecting with, uh, like you said, how do I find a doctor? What are some of the best restaurants? What are some of the great hidden treasures in the city? Where can I find information about schooling? All of that stuff. So tell us how you got started with your blog here now in Graz. Well, I I love Graz. I really do. And
1: I think sometimes people have a really hard time adjusting and settling in. And I wanted to show the positive side of Gratz and all the great opportunities there are here and also to demystify grants. So to present information in English for things they might not understand otherwise, Um, all the great events that are going on. Also a lot of organizations where you can get help in English um and support because a lot of people don't know there are so many great organizations here set up to help foreigners um and you just don't know if you don't know um and also it's very much based on my own personal tips and recommendations so I share my favorite hikes it's a lot about sustainability um supporting small businesses um I don't write about nightclubs or bars or that's just side of life I just don't know much about. (laughs) Yeah, it's not targeted towards students necessarily. It's it's more, yeah, families with children and things like that. I also love the arts. I focus a lot on what's going on in the art world and things like that.
0: I think you're right. There are many people, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, right? So, and if you don't speak the language and like myself, you move here, fish out of water, completely fresh to this whole living abroad experience. I don't even know where to begin. I started with Google, absolutely, and just started digging for things. And of course, as people might have heard in our last episode, at the recommendation of a friend of mine, Virginia, um, I looked for a women's group and tried to find some sort of group that was specifically for international women living in the area that were not from the area. And this was a big game changer for me, but to your point we don't know exactly where to find information and so I think these these things like yourself like what you're doing providing that for people and trying to just dial it in because sometimes we can be overwhelmed by it too right we can have oh well you can go here and you can go there you can go here but to have it all in one concise space where someone is saying these this particular organization organization does this this one does that here's where you can find information about this here's where you can go to get that I think that just makes it so much easier for us to get connected and maybe perhaps get adjusted as quickly as possible, which is a Mm -hmm. good thing. Yeah. So what have been some of your experiences in Graz? You've lived here now six to seven years. What are some of the things that you've experienced in your adjustment living here? I think for us, it was a much easier move coming here than it was to Germany. Uh, my
1: husband's from here, so we had, for the first time, we had some family support and that was really nice. Um, I find Graz actually very welcoming, friendly, especially in compared to Vienna. Um, people here, yeah, I just felt very welcomed, um, I had good interactions with everybody and and I feel like, like I'm in a movie set when I'm walking around the city center. I feel there should be a background of music playing. What and a great, it's like one of those French European films. Um, yeah. I just I love the architecture here. I'm a very visual person and I'm always discovering and finding something new. And I love all the businesses here. I feel Graz is very good for independent um, businesses and little cafes and organizations and art groups um there's just so much and so every time i see something or i read something
0: or i see something on facebook i think would other people like to know about this and so i just share it awesome did you ever find yourself having that moment where did you d- fall into a comparison trap at any point where you were comparing like ah oh, it was so much easier to do this here or i did this there or you know again this was talked about in one of our last episodes mm-hmm. but did you ever face that challenge as well
1: I mean, everything was definitely easier in America or Australia. Yeah. Working is, I think, the top problem for many women. I know so many women with amazing experience and qualifications who just can't work here, even Germans. So it's not necessarily not knowing the language. It's just not having the right training background and experience that fits into the Austrian system. So that's the most frustrating thing is you have to reinvent yourself or reorientate yourself and uh, that can be challenging for a lot of people. Yeah. So that's basically what I've done.
0: I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why we really wanted to have you on as well on the podcast because that that right there is is huge. There are so many women, like you said, with skills, with talents, with these abilities that they have to use and want to use. We we are so. Um, Motivated and pushed to feel like hey I, I want to have some sense of purpose in my day and my life, and not that i'm I'm not trying to assume or any, anything that everyone doesn't feel purposeful no i'm I'm not putting that out there, listeners, but I do think that it's also important to note that I'm sure a lot of us do feel that way at different times. I can certainly speak for myself that I have felt that way and hearing the way that you speak of your experience here and adjusting here and what you have written about on your blog has been an incredible positive impact for me especially in such a way that it has given me an opportunity to look at it from a different perspective this idea of like you just said walking down the streets and feeling like you're on a movie set you should have a soundtrack playing in the background what a great way to look at that and and reinventing yourself and finding where you can insert yourself in certain things in the place where you live to give yourself something to do and keep yourself busy and helping others really really helping others to find their footing as well that's Mm -hmm. awesome and um yeah kudos to you because it's (laughs) been it's been a huge it's been a huge positive impact for me for sure as someone who was transitioning to living here and getting adjusted and i think
1: people like you and me who've lived in america and cultures where customer service is like top and people are just really friendly um even going to your bank or your post office the authorities you generally have an interaction you have some small talk people give you loads of information whereas here in Austria you will often have moments where people are just not friendly they won't give you the information you need unless you ask all the right questions um and you can feel really despondent and down from these interactions and you Sometimes it's really hard. And I try and say, yes, those things happen, but you'll often find so many situations where people go out of their way to help you or smile or make your day. So it's important to sort of seize those moments and focus on those and just ignore the uh, yeah the grumpy. Ignore lady the others or spar, and you're trying to pack all your stuff up, and everyone's glaring at you, and you're just kind of going
0: oh yeah. Oh, you have those cringe moments, yeah. No, but there have been some really great ones. That's an excellent point. Really, it is because there have been. I mean, just the other day, I experienced something where I was oh this person was so nice and took their time and was really really easy going with my German because of course I'm messing things up and trying to find words that I need. Need to say and they they just said be patient it's okay i understand everything you're telling me so yeah you do you have those experiences and i think it's important for all of us to remember to highlight those and focus mm-hmm. on those and not just think about those negative ones that you know in our early on in our transition or even later on in our transition and still getting adjusted to living in a country that's not our own um still feeling yeah despondent about certain interactions and things like that yeah Yeah.
1: you feel a bit bruised sometimes when people are just unpolite and you just feel unwelcomed
0: but the reality is that would happen in our home countries as well we just don't think about it in the same way and i think the biggest difference is is that we don't focus on them we don't realize them as much or we don't take note of them or we complain about them with our friends and then we move on and it's whatever i got this miserable customer service agent on the cable line today or whatever there's terrible customer service that i've faced in the u.s as well but um it's different but why why is it different why do we wind up focusing on it when we're living in a country that's not our own as opposed to realizing that we deal with the same things in our home countries
1: yeah i think it's because we don't know how to respond and reply whereas we can't read the social cues we we just don't know and we're kind of like <gasps> and then we feel yeah and especially if your german's not so good you automatically the balance you feel like you're beneath them already um So, yeah, my uh, I have a philosophy where I try and make any grumpy um, authority person smile a bit. I try and find a connection. I was by the ImpStella getting vaccines for my son. And they just they just see the same people. It's the same thing every day for them. So they become very routine. And I said to the lady, I said, oh, I saw you in the um, they did the Jerusalem dance challenge on YouTube. Ah! I said how was that? I saw that and she just changed. By me asking a personal connection and trying to make that yeah, connection, she became much more human.
0: Yeah. And so I generally I try that approach and that's a great yeah. approach and it makes a huge difference and I think that's that can be in any part of the world whether you're living in your home country or not if you just try to make a connection with the person you're working with because yeah, there's so many people that are in these industries that are I mean when you think about healthcare workers right now, oh my gosh. I can't imagine how completely burnt out they feel. And yeah, if they're having a really bad day, I can appreciate that they're gonna be a little snippy or a little short. And, um, and sometimes, like you said, it really does just make a difference when you just try to, that's a great way to look at it, make them smile. Just do something in the interaction to make them smile. What, do you, what would you suggest for people who perhaps, again, the language, especially for myself, is still a barrier. I I don't know that, to your point, I don't know that I would have been able to have that kind of moment where I would have been able to say to the woman, oh, I saw you in the Jerusalem dance. What, What would be a suggestion? I might be putting you on the spot by saying this, but what would be a suggestion that you would have for someone who is still struggling with the language to try to make that connection so they don't feel so below or beneath the person they're interacting with when they're having to just do everyday life?
1: I try just to be really friendly, smile a lot. I always start with, in Chulugum, my is nick so good. And um, off they say, oh, no, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, and that generally helps. Yeah. And just try and be, yeah, as friendly as I can. Just be yourself. It doesn't always work, but
0: yeah, <laughs> sometimes it does. But sometimes it does. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So what have you noticed about... I'm trying like what have you noticed about your experience since the pandemic kicked in um what has changed because again I came in unfortunately when the pandemic started so I don't know what Graz was like before covid I don't know what what the environment and the people and the culture and the events and all of the things that would be the charming aspects of Graz, I don't know what that's like, because I haven't experienced it yet. Slowly but surely, I think it's starting to make its way back. But I also think that based on people's personal preference, whether they're going to get involved in something, based on, you know, risk and so forth, is still a big factor, whether, you know, we attend an arts event, or we go to a festival, or we surround ourselves with 50,000 people in a closed space. So, Tell us a little bit about Graz before Corona. What was that charm that you fell in love with? Yeah, I think there was just a lot more
1: going on in terms of so many events year round, especially in the summer and people just meeting up in public spaces and getting together and all the IWA social events, um, going to the theater, a lot of that changed. I feel like I've been under a rock in the last two years. I've seen so few people Um, and that's a personal decision as well as just everything um, everything's gone online, which has been interesting. A lot of the things that were happening in presence went online, and I feel I spend a lot of time online for German and for work, and I just don't find it a, a great way for socializing. So I have been avoiding those. But um, I feel like though the mood is changing, I think people are coming out a lot more now, and um, and in the summers you probably saw people did relax in the last two summers, and there was a lot more going on then. So hopefully life is coming back to normal. I hope
0: so. Uh, Well, we did hear, right? Didn't they just announce that uh, Mm -hmm. March 5th, is it? That people are calling it Freedom Day? (laughs) No more 3G rules. Um, (laughs) No more, uh, yeah, limitations for events i think that'll make a big difference and an impact in, in and i think just people. seeing
1: a lot of these small businesses shops really suffered and just couldn't make it and that's a yeah. shame but i've heard a positive in these two years a lot of people have thought about of new ideas new businesses um so hopefully as things open up there'll be a lot of new things coming
0: out of this so new restaurants new projects New ways of connecting, you know, mm-hmm. new, new ways of uh, engaging with our, mm-hmm. the people around us in our community. That's certainly something that's come out of the pandemic, recognizing how much we all need community and what we are um, lacking when we're so isolated and what that, how that affects people.
1: And it's interesting because that's how people new in Graz feel, I think. And so for the people that live in Graz, they're realizing the same thing. We all need community. We need people. And that's one of the biggest things is learning German, finding a job. And how do I meet people in Graz? I see that in all of the international groups and everyone I meet. They're like, how do I meet somebody? And so that I have several blog posts on that, um, on how different organizations, according to your backgrounds, Um, where you can meet people yeah I just that's my first tip coming to Graz join the IWA (laughs) you will find women from all different types uh, stages of life so there'll be somebody you can connect to and get advice and support a blog you can only get information from but you want the physical Um, connection where you can ask questions, get support. Um, The Sedwell Center is my other favorite place. It's an international cultural center. The working language is English. We have events, cooking, um, all kinds of things. And that's a really nice community as well. Um, There are lots of sports clubs. Um, There are regular meetups like the Anglo society, I think it's called, have a meet up on Thursdays, it's a Stamtisch at the Herzl, to speak English. um, And that's more the younger crowd, but anybody's welcome, just have a beer and get to know other people. And there are several things like that going on.
0: Awesome. Ah, oh, Rachel, there's so much we still have to talk about. So I'm so excited for part two. So, listeners, listen up. Part two is going to be even more in depth with Rachel about all the ways that she has found things that have worked for her living in Graz and how she got connected, and some great practical tips that she will offer you about, again, ways that you can get connected, how you might be able to find volunteer opportunities, work opportunities, or even just getting assimilated to your new community and finding friends. So, join us for the next episode and of course as usual Make sure you check out our wonderful list of events on our calendar on iwagrats.org. That is our website. Make sure you check it out. There is where you can get connected to our wonderful community. If you're not already a member, reach out. We have ways that you can connect with us out there on the website and become a member and start to get to know the wonderful women of the IWA. So until next time, enjoy Graz, bis später, and tschüss.